podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Tuesday where there's very little going on, Newcastle confirmed themselves as a top four finisher last night with their draw against Leicester City in one of the duller games the Premier League will ever see. Leicester had one shot in the entire game. It came in stoppage time, and that was all they really had to offer. They came for a draw, which is bizarre because they really did need a win. Maybe they thought they could steal a win, but one shot in the entire game, 22% possession, one corner. A very, very strange performance. Now, Newcastle were quite lucky in this game because Bruno Gamera should have been sent off very early on for a knee-high challenge on Bubakari Samare. But it wasn't given, and Newcastle controlled the game. They had 23 shots, but only four on target, 78% of the ball, 12 corners, loads of territorial advantage, and they just couldn't break down a stubborn Leicester defence. Now, I say stubborn because they managed to keep a clean sheet. It's not like they were actually good defensively. Newcastle just kept letting themselves down with the final ball. But a point was all the two needed. A point is what they got. And they're now four points ahead of us with one game to go. So Newcastle are in and we are left relying on Manchester United to lose twice. United would have to lose at home to Chelsea and then lose at home to Fulham. And it's possible that they could lose one. It's possible that they don't win either. But when they only need a point from one of these games to get in, it's most likely that they're going to get in. And frankly, we're going to get what we deserve, which is the Europa League. Now, the Europa League could be fun next season. It's obviously a season of failure for us, but we do have to look at some of the bright spots. And one is that the Europa League could be very interesting. There's going to be some decent teams in it. There's the potential for some decent ties. You know, you could get Real Betis, which would be fun. You could get Freiburg, which would be fun. They'd be good away trips for people going as well. So, you know, and they're not too far. They'd, the bad side would be you could end up with teams from Eastern Europe, from, you know, you could end up with Quarabeg or something like that. And that would make things a bit more complicated, especially considering next season there needs to be a massive focus put back on the league, 22 points behind City with them having a game in hand is completely unacceptable. Uh, Amazingly, we're now only 15 points behind Arsenal, which is a sign of just how dreadful they've been over the back half of the season. They really have been poor. But um, look, we are where we are, and that's just what it is. Hopefully we finish off the season with a win against Southampton, it would be completely unacceptable. It's already unacceptable that we've dropped points in 18 games. That's just not something that can be tolerated again. But it'd be nice to just get to that 20 win mark would be at least a a sign of some competence on the season. Um, A point will be enough to guarantee us fifth. Given our, our goal advantage over Brighton, they do have two games left. Uh, one is City at home. It's a game they could well win. That's tomorrow night. 
and then they go to Villa on the final day. So they could win both. Now, they are qualified for Europe, but they do want Europa League rather than Conference League. A draw will be enough to guarantee it. In in truth, they're probably guaranteed it anyway because of their significant goal advantage over Villa. They're 16 goals up on them. Uh, we do face the prospect of being the first team in over 30 years in the top six leagues to finish with a goal difference of plus 30 and not get top four if we beat Southampton by two clear goals, which you would hope that we will. Um we'll be the first team in over 30 years to get plus 30 in the goal column and not end up in the top four without either four other teams in the same league doing it. And that won't be the case this year because United won't get there or being docked points for match fixing, which clearly we won't be. Um, We would be the first for it to happen due to our own incompetence. Um, Let's move on to the main Liverpool websites then. Uh, 19 unseen Photos from Roberto Firmino's farewell and Anfield send-off. This was put together by Joanna Durkin. And it's a really nice piece, some really good pictures. I I can't praise this is Anfield enough for the the photography that they they seem to have access to. It's really, really good. Uh, so fair play to them on that. There's a great piece written by Joanna on Roberto Firmino and his Liverpool story. So do give yourself time to read that one today. If you have 10 minutes to spare, it won't even take 10 minutes, but do give give yourself time to read that one. It's a really good piece. There's a couple of really good uh, pictures and a, an embedded video as well. You can check out there. And Joanna's also written a story about how this year marks 50 years since Liverpool won their first piece of European silverware 50 years today we won the UEFA Cup under Bill Shankly so do give that one a read as well it's very very good um, there's obviously there's loads of good stuff here on, on this is Anfield there's a piece about Mason Mount a couple of London journalists suggesting that he's more likely to join us than sign a new deal at Chelsea but David Ornstein did say yesterday that Arsenal are very, very keen to get him. And Arsenal probably does make more sense for him in terms of, you know, they've got Champions League. They're going to sign Declan Rice, who's his best mate. So there's that. Uh, we'll wait and see, though. Um, Mark he linked McAllister deal and sporting director talks. Obviously, George Schmatke is the sporting director coming in, at least for the summer. And we'll see what happens after that. There's a lot of talk that McAllister is done or close to done. Um, there's been some stories from, I think, Paul Gorst, among others, that Man City are interested. And it's very obvious that they are interested and it makes sense for them. He's the ideal replacement for Gundogan if he leaves. But it does appear like we'll get that one over the line. Um, Mark Wehi has been linked, I think, by Simon Jones in the mail. We'll come back to him in a second because we've got something on Anfield Index about him as well. Uh, Jurgen Klopp wants defensive signing with English centre-back linked. Again, that's about Mark Wehi. Based on the players being linked right now, it does sound like we want two defenders because we've been linked with both left-footed centre-backs and right-footed centre-backs like Julian Timber, Jean-Claude Tadebo, 
like they would be really good fits to be backups to Ibu. Timber could play right back in a four either. Uh, Tadebo could be a backup to Ibu, could also fill in for Virgil as and when needed. I think he probably makes more sense if this is going to be the shape than Timber. But I do like the idea of Timber as a right back in a four and Trent moving into midfield. Not every game, obviously, but in certain games, I do think it could work very, very well. If you get the right defensive midfielder next to Trent, you could play a 4-3-3 that flexes into a box and go 4-2-2-2-2. It could be really interesting. Um, what else do we have here? There's a piece about Sunes swimming the channel I mentioned yesterday. There is a piece about Gerald Kwanzaa and Alex Scott, who's been strongly linked to us from Bristol. He'd be a great signing in my view. I think he's one that has huge potential to develop. Um, they both played for England in their recent game at the uh, the under twenties World Cup or under yeah, under twenty World Cup, which is currently in Argentina. So you can check all of that out. There's also a piece here. Liverpool would seek Queeving Kelleher buyback clause as interest mounts. Now, um, Klopp said he can't see him leaving. I think it'd be a shock if he doesn't leave, to be honest. Andy Jones of The Athletic has claimed the 24-year-old would jump at the chance to become first choice elsewhere. He's mentioned Tottenham, Brentford and Brighton. I, I just I don't buy the Tottenham interest. Brentford and Brighton, I absolutely think, would be interested in them. I think either would be a good move. Um, They've also mentioned that we'd probably put in a buyback because that's what we do tend to do with younger players. We did it with Jordan Ibe. We did it with Rian Brewster. We did it with Keanu Hoiver and a few others, and we haven't obviously taken any of them up, and it's rare that they do get taken up in the most part, but it would make sense to put one in just on the off chance he does. Uh, it does develop hugely and become a, a top-end goalkeeper. Um, on Liverpool.com then, Newcastle just hit Liverpool problems. Jurgen Klopp knows he can reclaim Champions League spot. Jurgen Klopp might know next transfer move as Liverpool defender passes his first World Cup test. That's that's Gerald Kwanzaa. Chelsea injury could stop Liverpool transfer as Jurgen Klopp a star Jurgen Klopp loves is ready to leave. Uh, this is Media Digest. Let's have a, a gander. Chelsea injury has knock-on effect. Oh, so Ben Wabadi-Ashile has picked up an injury and the suggestion is that that will mean Levi Colwell will stay for next season. I, I don't know that Colwell's going to be all that keen to stay if he's not going to be first choice. Liverpool ace ready to leave. And that is Cueving Callagher. Yeah, that's fine. Um, there's a piece of it, Alexis McAllister. Liverpool submits transfer request. Liverpool target submits transfer requests as Jurgen Klopp confirms another summer exit. Well, who's the other summer exit then? Um, oh, Arthur Mello. Yeah, so everybody, everybody's known he wasn't going to be staying. Um, Ryan Gravenberch apparently has asked to leave Bayern, but it's from some shit Spanish source, so we won't put too much into that. 
Uh, Kyle Walker name checks Liverpool amid Man City title celebrations, yada, yada. Liverpool could sign Martin Odegaard, their own Martin Odegaard in queue for 10 goal midfielder. This is every Giesi. I heap you really good signing, but if you're signing Alexis, I don't know that Eze makes the most sense with him. But Eze is really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, there's a few other bits and bobs there that you can check out, including a piece about Pep Guardiola for some reason. Um, on AnfieldIndex.com, then, there is the post-mortem from Liverpool 1, Villa 1, written by Stephen Smith. Stephen also has a piece up about the potential beneficiaries from a run in the Europa League. Oh, actually, that might be David Davis. That is David Davis as that piece up. Sorry, that's my mistake. Uh, the news team have a couple of pieces up, one about Bobby and one taken from the Under Pressure pod, which you should give a listen, listen to when you have a chance. Uh, Dave Davis has that Europa League beneficiaries piece up and a scouting report on Mark Guehi. So on Guehi, I do really like him. I think he's a very good defender, but he's 5'11". He's not great in the air. Now, he's better in the air than Jurian Timber, but he's not great in the air. And he would only really suit playing the right side of the back three as a backup to Ibu, and I don't think that's a move he'd be all that keen on. He is a very good defender, and on the floor, he's excellent. And if we signed him, I would be happy. I would. I think you could get him and develop him quite well, but he'd be expensive for a player who wouldn't be a guaranteed starter. Now, what you could do, potentially send Joe Gomez to Palace. I think that would be a good move for Joe. He'd play next to Anderson. He'd fill the spot left by Guehi. We would get an upgrade. Palace would get a good defender and a bag of cash. So I think it could work for everybody, but Guehi does mean you're kind of committing to playing the back three all the time. Because I do think his aerial deficiencies would be an issue for Klopp in a, in a back four. But he's a very, very solid defender. Uh, Podcast-wise, there's two new ones up. There is a, a scouted. Myself and Carl went through the entire squad and give everybody from all the goalkeepers, all the midfielders, all, all the defenders, all the midfielders, all the fours, and the manager and the you know, the overall structure gave them grades from A to F. A couple of no grades in there because players, you know, played once or played like 15 minutes across three appearances or whatever. Um, fair to say the grades were fairly low for the most part. Um, only one got an A. Definitely more Fs than A's. <laughs> Definitely more Fs than A's. And there is a new under pressure entitled Bobby Dazzler, uh, Dan Kenneth, Dan Rhodes, Simon Brundish and Phil Barter discussing time wasting and Villa's propensity for such. Uh, the build up problems in this new shape, the VAR decisions, a good chat about Bobby and then their reaction to not qualifying for the Champions League next season. So give those two a listen when you have a chance. And that is basically all there is today. Uh, I did see one report linking us to Joshua Kimmich from Bayern Munich. I think there's zero chance that Bayern 
would even consider letting him leave at this point. He is still a world-class midfielder. He is in his peak. Um, he is 28 now, but I, I just don't see them even considering letting him leave. Now, I'm not really sure why we would buy him either because he sort of doubles up with Trent. He's a right back who can play in midfield or a midfielder who can play at right back. Same as Trent. Better defensively than Trent, not as good on the ball. Could you play the two of them? It would be a lot of overlap. I think both of them would need to play with a defensive midfielder. Now, in the old 4-3-3, he was kind of the dream signing for the right side because him and Trent could just dovetail throughout the game and swap roles and it would have been it would have been an ideal fit. Um but in this new shape I just I just don't see that it's something that would work all that well. I think you just have one of them constantly twiddling their thumbs while the other one ran the show. Um so yeah, that's it. That's all I've got today folks. Thank you as always. I will see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.